Games podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week—it's not that uh, that Tron game, Tron Legacy, Derail, whatever. Uh, hi there, I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is also, uh, or not also not, but just uh, isn't Gravity Rush. I'll explain why though. I'll explain why. <laughs> and my name is Brad Grenz, and uh, my game of the week is not Persona 4 Golden. Mm. Oh, can I change my answer? Oh, God. I don't want that to be my game of the week either. <laughs> Haters. Uh, so this is a very special, uh, I guess you could call this a post-Black Friday phenomenon, because this podcast is now full of people who have PlayStation Vitas. Yes. Welcome to the club. And the president of this club of people who have PlayStation Vitas is you, Brad. Um I believe so, yes. I nominate you. Uh, actually, that was... Well, yeah, so uh, here's the deal. Uh, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how this happened. McMaster, what possessed you to get a freaking PlayStation Vita? Um, it's kind of funny. It went around the bend quite a ways for me. Uh, at first, I was obsessed with getting the Assassin's Creed one, and just because I like collector's edition things. And uh, I went all over the place looking for it. I couldn't find it. And I had heard a rumor that Amazon had one for 180 bucks on a Saturday gold box. But I, it was a rumor. And I didn't want to be the asshole that didn't buy something because they were waiting for something <laughs> on a rumor. And then, of course, it turned out true. Uh, but I bought the Black Ops Edition because, personally, I actually kind of like black consoles better than the white ones, uh, which is kind of an anti-racist race trader thing for me to say, I guess. But okay. uh, I prefer black consoles. So I bought the, I bought the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, bundle at Best Buy for $200 at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, McMaster, how well does that hold fingerprints? Uh, it holds them. Uh, <laughs> I don't even really notice them, to be honest with you. It's not that bad. It reminds me of the iPod, uh, iPad in that way. I have uh, a problem where, like, the, the oils from my finger on the screen yeah, well, kind of build happens. up, and then it gives you that weird shiny color. Yeah, you, you have to, like, rainbow totally. effect. Wipe it down if you've been like using it as like a touch screen. For now, sure. be careful what you're playing when you wipe it down because you might find that you, uh, I don't know, put all your stats in some all your points in some useless stat if you're playing an RPG, for instance. Well, yeah, you got you got to sleep it first. You can do ah, that every time. Oh well, yeah, yeah, you have to do that. I mean, I mean, I don't know what Chick's thinking, but uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> he, he's kind of newer to the handhelds. He, he's not good with handhelds. I, I tend to come in late on these things. Now, now, Brad. So you, as our uh, PlayStation Vita guru, uh, when did you get yours, and what possessed you to get one? Uh, I got mine this this summer. Uh, I think it, you know, it was probably June or July. Don't remember. So you held out from release, like you weren't yeah. on release. Well, I couldn't really afford it at release, and uh, but yeah. uh, you know, I'd, I've been looking forward to the Vita ever since I kind of originally announced it. I liked my PSP kind of in theory more than in practice, just because. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> there were all these these cool games that wanted to do like 
you know, camera control on the face buttons that just didn't really work. And, and I thought, you know, all the, all the changes that Sony had made for the Vita, you know, kind of made it, you know, exactly what I wanted in a portable device. Mm-hmm. So I've been, you know, looking forward to it for a while. You know, couldn't really run out and buy it. Mm-hmm. release week but over the summer i sold my psp and sold a guitar i wasn't using and and used that cash to pick up uh i used one actually on ebay with a with a 16 gigabyte memory card nice and because uh, my plan was to go you know full di- digital no no retail games so you didn't hang on what happened to all your umds so i didn't have any umds i hadn't i had a i had a, a 16 gigabyte uh memory stick for the PSP too, so you know, I'd been buying oh, wow, that's those games digitally as well. Smarter than everyone else, including Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk briefly about the hardware before we get into specific uh, yeah. software, specific games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad is the guy who's had yours the longest. Uh, explain to us like like how would you characterize your, your Vita? Do you just just as a system. Uh, sort of describe it for us. Uh, well, it's you know it's 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 got a nice big, really beautiful screen. It's you know the the OLED screen, the famous OLED screen. It kind of makes everything look better than than you think it should. You know, even old PlayStation and PSP games yeah. really really it's, vibrant. It's I've been playing. <laughs> I've been playing. You know, old li- like you can get the, the kind of the Super Nintendo Final Fantasy games were all ported to PlayStation, and you can buy those. Uh, through PSN and, and even just look, you know, playing Final Fantasy VI on the screen, it just kind of so vibrant and, mm-hmm. and gorgeous to look at. It really brings out the pixel art. But uh, that's like the main feature, you know. And you got you got your second joystick or your second you got your, exactly your second analog oh, stick. That's yeah. that's really what you want in in anything that's got a camera to control. It's really astonishing to me that Nintendo. Released the 3DS without that as a standard feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now you have also the uh, touch screen. Uh, right, you got the the touch mm-hmm. surfaces on the front and the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like a you know iPhone, exact same kind of capacitive touch touch experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, you know, the some of my favorite things are just kind of like operating system features for the Vita. Uh, you know, like uh, you can. As, as I mentioned, you could sleep it at any time. Just hit the power button on the top. Sure. Even if you're in the middle of a game, it'll save exactly where you are. Uh, you, you can pop in and out of games to, you know, switch over to Twitter, or the web browser, or you know, they just released an email client with the latest firmware update last week. And you can get, you know, in-game notifications <laughs> that you got a new email. So if you were waiting for something, it's Really easy to pop right in and out of a game without having to find a save spot or anything stupid like that. It's got a very, uh, at least to my mind, iPad sensibility to the way that it juggles different apps. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. It actually reminds me a lot of uh, I have a I have an old HP touchpad which ran WebOS, which at the time that it was released, it you know kind of did real multitasking in a way that neither Android or iOS oh. did. Right. And uh, and so the the Vita operating system actually reminds me of that most of all because it's got these kind of cards the the live areas that you switch between for each of your open applications, mm-hmm. and uh, so so you know, that's that's kind of one of my favorite things about it. It offers a level of multitasking that even you know Apple and Google haven't really done as much to this extent. 
Uh, it has a front and back camera. Do you get a lot of use out of those? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> I think the only uh, only games that I've I've experienced that use those really are uh, <laughs> just. Last night I had to do the the thing in Uncharted where you're supposed to hold the camera up to a light like you're <laughs> trying to reveal secret messages on a piece of parchment. And, uh, you know, at first when I hit that, I was like, you know, sitting on a couch in the living room well away from any lamps. And I kind of tried to hold it over my head to look at the overhead light, and that sort of worked. But it was ticking down like 1% every 10 seconds while I did that. So... And I would not be surprised, Brad, if that is the first, last, and only time you will use the camera on your PSP Vita, on your PlayStation Vita. The other thing I was going to mention is there's a free game called Frobisher Says. It's kind of like a WarioWare style, like rapid fire mini game thing that they that they released for free over PSN. And there's a couple mini games that use it. There's one that's like a augmented reality where you're trying to like capture a bird that's flying around the room, so you have to tilt the camera around to to get it centered in the view to catch it. But the other one that I, I really like, it uses the, the front-facing camera, and it, it has, like, girls on a conveyor belt, and I think they're badgers or some other animal, but when you see one of the girls pop into the center, you're supposed to smile at them, and it will detect a smile on your face using the camera pretty reliably. <laughs> uh, I think I hate both of those games, Brad. <laughs> I mean, they're not. It's not. They're not good quality cameras. I've you know tried snapping photos or video with them. It's really you know pretty low quality for for that sort of thing. Uh, you also have a tilt of gyro sensor. Yeah, it's stuff got you know on. all the the six axis. No, oh, there you go. Right, motion control stuff. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and it uses that for the augmented reality camera stuff to tell where you're pointed. Uh, you know, the probably the best thing that uses that are. Uh, actually, in Arch- Uncharted, there, there's a. Uh, you can kind of, you know, you can aim with it with the right stick, but you can adjust your aim slightly using the gyro. So if you, you know, you get you get your cursor kind of center mass on a guy, it's really easy to just kind of tilt up and and get a headshot or kind of do that kind of fine aiming that's harder to do on these little sticks. Just mm-hmm. just moving the whole system just a little bit. Uh, and I believe there uh, is it, it's got to be some kind of GPS, right? Because there's something called Near, which yeah. I have not quite yeah. figured out what that is. But so that's using some a GPS receiver, right? Or, this, well, G- it's yeah, sure. it's internet based. Okay, you know, Other, uh, I'm pretty so sure. This is a, a service called Skyhook that's basically just a big database of Wi-Fi uh, access points. So if you if you, you know if you if you're out and about and you walk past a Starbucks that's got its Wi-Fi location registered with their massive database, it kind of knows where you've been, uh, and it'll tell you. You know, like I, I took it with me to the airport to pick someone up in case I had to, you know, sit in the cell phone waiting area. You know, it tell me that I had traveled a hundred miles driving to Portland and back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the near the near thing is kind of weird because it kind of wants to be. A social kind of street pass kind of thing like the, the 3ds and the ds have, but the the application itself is like really confusing to use and it uses a lot of the skeuomorphic design like the the recent Apple iOS uh, applications use, but without really explaining how to do things. So it's it's a bit confusing to use. And far as I can tell, all you can really do is it'll show you a map of people near you who have Vitas, and you can 
click on their little icon and say, these are what this guy's playing. Which I'm not sure I care to know that stuff. <laughs> I've, I've looked at that. I've poked around. Uh, in my neighborhood, a lot of people are playing free-to-play downloadable stuff. Like that. That uh, I think I've seen that Frobisher thing you mentioned, Brad. Uh, there's something called Smartass. Smartass. I don't know. I, I see people playing that. There's some Vikings puzzle game. Uh, the folks in my neighborhood don't seem like they're into the kind of games I'm into. Uh, and there's also a weird... Um, buzz meter or something and then you can yeah. you can see an application or a game and you can see the opinion divided amongst these six different icons and i don't know what the oh. icons mean there's like fire eyes and there's a laughing icon and there's an angry icon so i guess it's like you're mad at, at a game or something you click the angry icon uh so i don't I'm really know hell at it i mean well, it, you just get mad at a game and click i, I don't that's kind of bizarre well, I don't know what the icons mean. I don't know what... Uh, yeah, so whatever they're trying to do with this near thing, I'm not real clear on... Uh, well, Brad, as you mentioned, it's just kind of... It's it's a little obtuse. I don't quite understand it. Um, it's supposed to be some, some way that you, like, trade game goods. Well, that's the thing, is I now have gifts that I can give people on near that I've unlocked. I'll be playing a game, and I'll say, hey, you have a near gift you can give someone. Uh, so I don't know if I'm just supposed to hand those out to random yahoos in my neighborhood. I don't know if I'm supposed to like add you and McMaster and be giving you guys my near gifts. Because actually, you're, neither of you is near me. Uh, you guys are in whole other states. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're supposed to sort of see like your friends. I think I, I th- you know, just pulled it up and I can see this uh, soundtrack song from Super Stardust Delta. I think that you've got. Let's see if I can redeem that. So you're spying on me. <laughs> See, I do love that aspect of it. Like, I love being able to track what your friends are doing, but right. I don't. I don't understand the point of you know social networking. The point of it is that it defies geography, and as near as I can tell, near is based on physical proximity, and um, that to me is irrelevant to any social networking. Let <laughs> me uh, let me take a stab at this one real quick. Yes, my uh, Okay, Tom, you remember how the 3DS has something in it too, like this? The 3DS, I know that as I walk around with it, it gives me coins that I spend right. on stuff. Right. But if you go buy people certain things, like yes. you get these and stuff like that. Well, yes. if you think about where a lot of these devices are created in Japan, there's a lot of foot traffic with a lot of hands. Ah. So now these are going to be, you know, it, with that in mind, in a city like New York or Tokyo or Los Angeles, or some place like that where there's going to be a lot of like, well, not Los Angeles. Eh, that was a bad example. Uh, Chicago, uh, but because <laughs> um, you live in Los Angeles and we're tired about talking about smartass. But um, yeah, in a place like that, it probably gets a lot more use than we're going to see it. Like you know, there's like eight or nine people in my neighborhood. Now one or two of them are playing like Uncharted, and like there was a dude playing Call of Duty and stuff like that. But there's also like a ton of like. Yeah, weird little trivia games and stuff that I think people are you know, mostly playing. Well, uh, I'm wondering, should I like be, uh, should I track? Because it has a little radar display. It's sort of like in Aliens, that little, uh, the little thing that that beeps the the motion tracker. I'm sort of wondering, am I supposed to use this like a motion tracker and go to this guy's house, and then we can we can <laughs> hang out and play ad hoc games together? You know, maybe, maybe. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Here's something I want to uh, want to discuss that uh, really I thought was crazy was the interconnection between the PS3 and the Vita is pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, 
there's an app you can get on your PS3 called Ad Hoc Party. And Ad Hoc Party lets you connect to anybody on your PS3 friends list, and it creates an Ad Hoc Party for you for your Vita. Now, what is so, an Ad Hoc Party? So, McMaster, let's say you and I have an Ad Hoc Party. That means that we would have to be close enough together, normally, to for our signals to hit each other. But there are certain games that use the Ad Hoc Party, one of them being Monster Hunter Freedom Aha. Unite. Yes. So it's really easy for people to still play older games like Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, who used to have to, you know, actually be near each other. You could do that via a PS3 uh, and the internet to create a kind of fake one. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Well, me. I know that there were enough people who were really into Monster Hunter games to go through this tortured tunneling process <laughs> and various things you could do. I think two of them might be on the podcast right now. Uh, so no, I, I, well, no, I, I, Brad, do you play? No, I've, I've never really gotten into the Monster Hunters. Okay, in that uh, case, yeah. zero of, of them <laughs> on the podcast. I, I thought you guys had talked about some Monster Hunting, but I know, McMaster, oh. you, we have a, a friend named Rob who posts his chaplain. Yeah. Uh, he's talked about Monster Hunting. Uh, Matt Mank. Marengi, uh, Mary yeah. Prankster. Uh, he's talked about uh, Monster Hunting. So, uh, McMaster, have you done any of that then? Uh, I have the game, but the big problem, and it's the same reason that Gravity Rush isn't my game of the week, is that I only still have a 4-gig card. Oh. And uh, Persona 4 is a giant freaking game. <laughs> and uh, I had Uncharted on there for a minute, but it's cool that you can uh, you can switch your software uh, on and off via a PC or, or whatever using the content manager. I'm sure you guys have looked at that, though. Okay, well, yeah, let's talk. They- Go ahead, Brad. Oh, I was going to say, they just added, you know, Wi-Fi content. Yeah, with which is awesome. Super what? convenient, because my charging cable is, you know, in one place, and so I never want to have to bring that over to the computer. Yeah, that's kind of lame, uh, that whole idea. And, yeah, no, it's awesome. You could do it via Wi-Fi. You can, you know, if you want to change content, you could just uh, shift it over and put it on charge or whatever, because of Wi-Fi just eats battery like crazy. Okay, yeah. wait, so hold on. You guys, catch me up here, because I am in the boat where I have the little 4-gigabyte chip, and there are already games I cannot play because it's full, or there's even something I want to play, which I'll talk about in a second, which won't even fit on that freaking 4-gigabyte memory chip. Uh, what is it you're describing, and how can it help me? Well, it's, uh, it's a program that you install on your computer called the, the Content Management Assistant. Yeah. You search, search for that, and there's a Sony website that lets you download this little kind of server program that will run the background on your computer. Uh, and then you, you originally you had to you know plug the USB cable into your computer and it would see the Vita and, right. and you'd be able to copy things back and forth and back up you know your your games and saves uh, to to your computer so that uh, you know you wouldn't have to re-download them and and in the case of digital dig, digital games the the save game is kind of like saved inside the same package as the game file so if you deleted it off your your Vita. Without backing it up somewhere, you'd lose all your save game progress. Uh, but the 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 newer version uh, lets you lets you do the, all that over Wi-Fi. So as long as you got your computer on that's got the content, you know, management assistant program running uh, in another room, you can you can just launch the content manager on the the Vita and back up any individual games or the whole system and it also lets you you know like move music and movie files and pictures back and forth so if you take screenshots you can upload them to your computer for for safekeeping that sort of thing 
So, Brad, when you got yours, did you you said now you have a 16 gigabyte uh, card chip? I bought it. I bought it with a 16 gigabyte card. Yeah. Okay. And is that uh, does that seem like ample memory for you? Do you run out of space? How do you uh, feel I'm, about it? I'm basically at the limits right now. Uh, What's taking up your space? Are you also putting music and movies and stuff on there? Nope. I, uh, no music. No no movies. Uh, you know, I've got like some wallpapers and a few screenshots, but that's not appreciable. But I, you know, I've got. Let me. I got a full screen of Vita games. I've so it's games. Like you've basically yeah. filled up your 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 space with games that you're playing. Exactly. I've got a bunch of you know PSP games and original PlayStation games. Some PSP yeah. minis, the like Cannabalt and and Where Is My Heart, which are really good PS minis yeah. that came out. Where is my heart? Yeah, Come on, you're, you've got to be kidding me. What kind of that's some kind of like art game? Right? I have a couple of minis, in <laughs> fact, as well. Where is there's not a game called Where Is My Heart? You're it's, it's actually it's a really pretty little pixel art puzzle game where you're playing like these little this little family of monsters, and you uh, the 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 screen is like broken up into kind of like like comic book panels sort of. It's but it's you're it's showing you the levels but out of order in different places than than where they you know they should be so it's like a puzzle that's broken up and spread across the screen and so you have to kind of like traverse from one end of the level to the other but you're never sure when you pop out of one panel which other panel you're going to you're going to be in next and so you have to kind of figure out the order that you can do it in with the you know with you're controlling i think like three different guys and and you know sometimes you'll have to stand on one's head to get past and that sounds that sounds fairly cute. Okay, it's uh, yeah, it's really it's got a great visual style. It's kind of a you know, a little well, indie came out of. It. Well, now here's the question I have, Brad. How big is it? Because I may not have room for it. Oh, that one. That one's <laughs> a mini. It's real small. Yeah. I can you can read that. Fifty-five megabytes. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I can uh, delete. Super Stardust? I don't know. Uh, well, so here, uh, McMaster, let me ask you. So you've got your four gigabyte memory. Yeah. Uh, are they chips? Are they cards? What do you call those little tiny? Those things? are those are uh, SD cards. Yeah, it's too small for me to call it a card. I'm not I'm not willing to do that. I'm going to call it a chip. So there. Right, uh, so McMaster, you've got your four gigabyte chip. How are you finding your space issues? Uh, it's a pain in the ass. That's why I'm so happy I got the content management thing. I'm going to eventually, you know, probably in the next month, get the the 32 gig one, I guess, because you can order them on Amazon for like 80 bucks, but they're 100 in the store. Right. Uh, but like, uh, you know, it, it's like I downloaded Uncharted, and I actually really dig the uh, Uncharted from you know the like you know hour I played around with it or whatever. Uh, but uh, then I wanted to play with Golden, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to figure out what to do with this. Looked up that thing, and yeah, you just like pair it with your computer. So, Oh, so McMaster, actually, so I, uh, and we'll get into this in a second, too. Uh, you're doing the PlayStation Plus thing, where you've got all these yeah. ding- games you can download for free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that a huge hit on that card, on that <laughs> chip, right? Oh, yeah, right. That's why I want to get the 32 gig one, uh, just because I can grab, like, Gravity Rush, which that's why it isn't my game of the week. Uh, right. And uh, I can grab, like, Golden uh, and, and then keep on, you know, the Golden Abyss. Everything's freaking golden on uh, the beta. <laughs> there's, even a, there's even a PS Mini that they just, or PS Mobile game called Bullion Blitz that they just released for free that's all about gold bullion. It's a little kind of like a match tree only with with cubes uh, gold makes the world go round uh-huh. yeah but uh, you know a big thing for me though too tom is if like have you ever bought anything on your playstation 
For you probably haven't for your PSP. Or... Oh, of course I have. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you go, yeah, if you go back through that list, you can download all of this. Oh, I know, I know, but no, you, uh, you can theoretically, but you can't if you have a four gigabyte memory <laughs> chip. <laughs> all right, that's like I went back and I was like, oh man, I really want to play. Uh, my lord, why have uh, what have I done to deserve this too? Which is one of the most awesome PSP releases ever. Yep, uh, a little dungeon crawler thing, yeah. or not even a dungeon crawler, a dungeon creator, ecology sim, uh, evil lord role playing game. Right, that game is just so freaking awesome. And uh, like, I was like, man, I want to play it on this thing because yeah, as Brad was saying, that screen is like made of magic and pixie dust. It's like <laughs> it does make everything look better. I mean, they updated the Persona 4 graphics, but like on top of that, that game looks really good <laughs> as compared to what it used to look like. So, well, it strikes me as a huge. So if you if you didn't buy a bundle, so McMaster, you you got the Call of Duty bundle. Right. I on Black Friday got the Assassin's Creed bundle. Brad. I'm sorry. Oh, you son of a what? Oh, we'll get into that. So, Brad, you uh, you got uh, a PSP with a 16 gigabyte chip back in the summertime. What if you just buy a PSP? Does it not have any no. storage on it? No. Yeah, and that's, it I, I did. Well, I mean, technically, there's flash memory built into it, but it uses it for things like retiring running programs to flash memory to save your state and uh you know that that kind of thing it's all you know behind the scenes operating system level that's absurd isn't it i mean it seems to me if they're wanting to push a platform and uh you know tie it into downloadable games in their playstation store uh you know i guess it's like hidden costs of like having to buy a second controller for your 360 or yeah whatever. it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate i think it's a side effect of kind of the the, the war the content producers are having with retail to a, to a certain degree, you know if you if you know someone walks into a a GameStop and buys a Vita with a 32 gigabyte memory card, that's a customer potentially they will never see again buying Vita stuff because they're going to buy all their games digitally. Oh, they're yeah. not going to be in that used game cycle like every GameStop wants you to be in, where you're. Yeah. You're losing money buying games, losing money selling games to buy more games that you're losing money on. So you, I think one of the concessions Sony had to make with the with the retail partners was, okay, well we won't put memory inside the thing. We'll we'll sell memory cards with a really big markup so you guys can have a a profit center on these things. It's an excellent point, Brad. Excellent point. Yeah, I know when I picked mine up. Uh, I immediately I knew that the bundle came with a four gigabyte card, and I sort of assumed, well, that's not going to be enough. I'll just go ahead and pick up yeah. a thirty-two gigabyte card. So I was there, you know, it was the Black Friday thing. I waited in line. The guy brought me the bundle out, and uh, you know, he brought out all the the three different sizes of cards I could buy, and I just picked the biggest one. And the moment I saw the price, I blanched, like I couldn't <laughs> believe they were. Right. And, and it occurs to me to hear Brad talk. That must have been exactly the reaction he wanted. You know, they yeah. don't want you to get those. They want you to buy the games from them and not have all that space to download. Well, it's one, of, you know, one of the reasons they've been throwing in the four gigabyte cards for so long now, I mean, it's been months that basically any time you bought a Vita, they would throw a four gigabyte card in is because they figure they'll tide you over so you don't, you know, if, you, <laughs> if you're like, oh, I'm going to have to buy one anyway, might as well get the biggest one. But it's like, oh, this one's free. And then. It's not really big enough to do anything but keep buying retail games for it. They right. kind of oh, yeah. get you hooked in that way. That's uh, that's why I ended up with a Call of Duty one because uh, there's actually a, the Lego Batman one that I, I kind of eyeballed, but it didn't come with a card. 
Right, right. Uh, well, okay, so uh, I, th- that's the first boneheaded decision, I think, or the one that, that strikes me initially. Because uh, otherwise, you know, it, like you guys said, uh, it's, it's a beautiful piece of hardware, and it looks great. It's got great features, but that whole limited memory is just so boneheaded and annoying. And, uh, and I guess I understand why, but... You know, I just realized I'm going to have to spring for a 32 gigabyte card. Specifically, the breaking point for me, uh, I am not going to make it through those mandatory four hours of Persona 4 before the game actually starts. <laughs> I'm about two hours into that. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I can get any further. I'm, st- I'm just hit a dead end. I'm done with it. So what I wanted to do was play a game called Ragnarok Odyssey, uh, which came out recently, downloadable. And the size of Ragnarok Odyssey, just over four gigabytes. Oh, <laughs> <So> dude. <laughs> I think I literally, I could delete everything, and I still would not quite have enough space uh, on a card. Well, I mean, for time being, you might as well just use the content manager thing. It's kind of a pain in the butt, but at least you don't have to re-download everything fully if you ever want to well, try it. Well, I can't it stream. If, if, it won't, if it won't fit on the on the four gigabyte card, oh, that's a, that's a big problem. Well, right. No, no, I understand that. I'm just saying. Otherwise, uh, you know, so that's, you're just yeah. kind of screwed for that one. But, uh, and that's the, that's the breaking point for me. I mean, I think that's what's going to force me to go buy one of these 32. Is there a 16 I think, gigabyte? I think the 16 There's is the actually a good compromise because you can find those online for about $45. Yeah, oh, just like, you know, 16, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty roomy, especially if you're just starting out with it and you don't need to have everything that you want. With right. the, you know all the, your games at the same time, I'll give without, you a you know, price check here. All the way up to eighty, <laughs> right? Uh, well, that's yeah. So that's where I am now. Uh, yeah, Forty six right, well, ninety eight on uh, on Amazon. All right, sixty. Well, uh, save it. Put it in my cart for me, McMaster. You got it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, the other boneheaded thing, so I just want to, I do want to grouse, you know, as the guy who gave, like, Halo 4 one star, I'm going to be the wet blanket about the, P- the the PS Vita here. So stupid memory stuff, really annoying. Uh, and I just really, I, I loathe, I mean, I just think it's so awful that I'm forced to leave behind all of my PSP games. Uh, you know, the lack of, of backwards compatibility is just so, I mean, it's such a slap in the face. Um, I would love to keep my progress in the Hot Shots golf game that I've played. Uh, you know, my Patapon games, I, I so miss Patapon already. Uh, not Patapon 3, forget that one. But, you know, I've been grinding away at Patapon 2 for years. I love that game. And it, it's dead now. Uh, that Metal Gear Balloon Kidnapper game. I forget the name of that specific one. Um, but I, 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 I would... Uh, <laughs> it's circus hijinks? No, no. You kidnap people with balloons. You you do a... Oh, that, oh Peace Walker, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sorry. I missed that one. Right. Oh, see, McMaster, you, you should try it because you're playing games and some dudes you just kill, but other dudes you, you tie them to a balloon and kidnap them and they work for you. Uh, that's really weird. That's that's. I mean, I'm sorry. It's Metal Gear. Never mind. Exactly. Why the hell would I even say it's something's weird <laughs> in that game series? <laughs> that's Konami for you. Uh, so I, you know, that's that's this great open-ended game that you could play forever, and you have your base. Uh, so I just have so many things that I feel like I have had to leave behind on the PSP, uh, and I just find that galling. Um, that, that I haven't gotten over that yet. I'm still in the early stages of uh, anger, denial. I don't know when I hit resignation. I don't know if I'll ever hit that. Uh, but I, that just really bothers me. So, Brad, have you moved past? 
Well, it sounds like you never were a UMD guy. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of saw what was going to happen with those UMDs and, and never bought into that as a. As Why a couldn't you have told me about that, Brad? <laughs> I was telling you? everyone. I was telling everyone. Everyone was like bragging about how they're buying all these $2 UMD games down at the GameStop used in the Big Ben. And I was like, well, you're going to feel pretty stupid when the next system can't use any of this. It's a, you know, kind of a painful break, but it's like. You know, going from VHS to, to DVD, you can't expect the, the DVD machine right. to, to you know, export all your old VHS tapes. The, you know, the upgrading technology is just more important than the backwards compatibility in that case. Brad Grin's A Voice in the Wilderness. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, on top, yeah, I, I must admit, I don't have a huge umd library either uh and i think the thing that pushed me over wasn't the game so much it's just looking at the movies go down the tube like immediately right uh, yeah and then you're like well they dropped umd's last generation so i'm not right. too angry right. about the vita you know because they'd already dropped them Right. Uh, we just skipped that really terrible thing. It's like the Millennium Edition of handhelds. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, but well, I didn't have a go. At least uh, I don't know very many people who did. Uh, uh, unless Almost you did, Brad, then I apologize. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think most of those in existence were the press copies, probably. Uh, but you know, a lot of my UMDs, I kind of like. I got little weird ones because I collect them, but I don't really plan on playing them. So it doesn't really bother me that much either. I'd started downloading games for my PSP a long time ago via the, the PS3 and install. So, hmm. All right, so uh, those are my two big gripes. My final gripe uh, is um, pretty much the software. I am not sold that there are enough games on this or the games uniquely suited to it to make it uh, a worthwhile purchase. Now, I'm glad I have mine. I'm certainly enjoying it. There's some games I really like, but I'm just not sold that that the software is there uh, to to really make this, this sexy, cool hardware worth having. You know what pushed me over the top? You know what I really think does it? Is PlayStation Plus, honestly. Like, with them including the games they have on PlayStation Plus plus a rotation thing, that they're doing mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting it's now, uh, it's very it's a huge value add so brad do you have uh are you on playstation plus that's part of uh what you've done since you've had your vita since the summer yeah actually uh i've been a long time member of playstation plus going back uh basically i think about a year now mm-hmm. so before they actually probably like a year and a half it was before they you know added the instant game collection at E3 this year and before they added the Vita stuff. So, you know, without paying any extra, I got like a, a pretty good windfall last week when they, when they added the six games, uh, so, you know, six of the best games to play on Vita uh, okay. to, to that collection at no extra charge to me. Now, these are games you're renting though, you know, like I, I just have a real weird, and again, maybe it's the, it's having owned UMDs and then stuff, but just this idea that I am renting games, I just it just feels odd to me. Right. Well, I think of it kind of like uh, you know you don't own the movies that you're watching on Netflix either, but 
the service is so valuable that it, it's kind of silly to complain that you can't keep watching those movies after you've but you, you know what, Brad? That's your a subscription. That's a, that's a great point that you've you've raised because when I see a movie that I love, I want to own it. So I do have separately. I have the games that I, yeah, I the games, the movies that I sample, the stuff that on Netflix that I just watch, and then I have the things that I I care enough about to want to own. And I sort of feel that uh, I, I just am not. I haven't made that adjustment with games yet. Like if I care enough to play a game to sink the twenty whatever hours into it, I want to own it. So that's just been my own little psychological uh, pain point as far as trying to get into the the PlayStation Plus. Well, it's not like you, you don't have that option on on Vita. If you if you really want to own a copy, you can buy a physical copy. You can buy a digital copy. You know, after your so again the Netflix comparison, out. right? Exactly. Like if I see know. something on Netflix. I can. There's nothing to stop me from buying it. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. You're, you're paying. You're paying. You know. You're paying again. Also. I actually, in a way, too, once you download those games, do they stop working if you're... Yes. They yeah, do? They're, they're, they're all imprinted with basically the expiration ah, okay. of uh, your current subscription, and that gets updated, you know, if you extend your subscription, but, you know, even if you're not online, it does know that it shouldn't work past a, a certain date. See, but, McMaster, you, know, I, you thought you were going to get around it, and you were uh, stymied by Sony. <laughs> no, no, I was just kind of curious about that, because, like, uh... Uh, to be honest, uh, those games, I want to try them out, but I mean, there's no doubt that I'll move on <laughs> once I'm done with them. It's not like I'm going to go, oh, my lifetime love affair with Uncharted on the Vita, you know. <laughs> it's like, I want to play through it for the experience, uh, maybe donk around with some of the other features and then just get rid of it like a, like a whore. So, uh, you know. Well, the services that I find so valuable, I can't imagine ending my subscription because the longer that you're a member, the bigger your game collection that you have access to gets. You know, you don't lose the previous games when they swap in new ones. Right. Keep playing all those old ones, so it's like a Netflix where every month the the, the you know your your access grows by ten to twenty percent. So. So a Johnny come lately like me, if I were to buy into PlayStation Plus now, I would just have this incredible wealth of titles that uh, you didn't have when you started, right, Brad? Right. I mean, right now, the, what they, the change that they made at E3 was they uh, added this, I, you know, kind of this marketing concept of the instant game collection. So, day yeah. one, when you sign up, you get twelve PS3 games plus now six Vita compatible games. At, at this point, it's you know five Vita. Native games plus a really good PSP game, the the Final Fantasy Tactics version yeah. of the PSP. Uh, but you know, every month they add three more PlayStation Three games, and we don't really know what the update schedule will be for on Vita. It's probably you know not not that aggressive, but you know probably at least one new Vita game or Vita compatible game each each month. So at the end of like a you know at the end of a year, if you pay fifty dollars for one year, you're getting like fifty or sixty games to play. And they're not cycling these off, for instance. Like they're not once well, there's you always, add, there's always, now there's always going to be a total of eighteen games. So Oh they well, are cycling them off then. Yeah, and they they'll rotate in new content each month and you know older games will fall off. But as long as you downloaded those games while you were a member you can keep playing That's them, re-download them at any time. And even if your membership lapses and you sign up again, you know, six months down the line, you still get access again to all the previous games that you had had under PlayStation Plus. Okay, so it's not quite like I was saying. It's not quite like a Netflix thing. It's like when you were a member determines what things you can play. Exactly. Okay. You do have to um, kind of manually 
you know, quote unquote, purchase the games for for free in the PlayStation Store. So right. basically, my you know my routine is every Tuesday I see what they added. I add it to my shopping cart in the PlayStation Store. Go to the checkout, and you know if I want to download stuff, I'll go ahead and download it. If I don't want to download it at that time, I don't have to. But as long as I've gone through that kind of checkout oh. process, it's linked to my account forever, and I can always go back to my list, my transaction history, and and download right. anything I want. That's pretty clever. Yeah, that's good. I'm do All right, well, well, let's get down to brass tacks then, because uh, I, as the guy who's sort of positing that I don't feel the software is there to support. The purchase. What am I missing? What are the killer apps, Brad Grins, on the Vita? Uh, well, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, every day I have kind of a routine where I play some, some Zen pinball, some pinball arcade on your 360. You mean? No, on on the Vita. Oh, oh, I see. Right, of course. And uh, you know, <laughs> right before I go to bed, I'll sit in bed for about twenty minutes, and I'll and I'll play some of those. I, you know, I've switched. I had a bunch, you know, I had a bunch of pinball effects tables on the 360, but I, I switched over to buying them on PS3 and Vita because I get them. You know, you pay once and you get them for both platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's just become that my Vita is you know, my favorite place to to play the <laughs> pinballs these days. Uh, so you know, I I get a lot of use out of those. Uh, the the Super Stardust game I think is better than the one on the PS3. It's uh, they you know on the PS3 version you had kind of like three kinds of shot that you used and you had to swap between those to destroy the different uh, asteroids and they kind of simplified it down to just two kinds. But uh, uh, I think that's actually an improvement in the game. Okay. I've been, uh, you know, Sound Shapes and uh, Mutant Blobs Attack are two, you know, kind of amazing downloadable titles. Uh, both of you play a little sticky blob that, you know, platforming around the, these different environments. You know, they're they're very different games, but they kind of have that in, in common. So I think of them in the in the same, you know, the same breath. So far, Brad, and uh, not trying to call you out here because maybe this is just the fact of the Vita's software, but so far, hasn't everything that you've told me about been something you could play on a PS3? No, the Mutant Blobs Attack is not on the PS3. Okay. okay. Uh, the Super Stardust is a, is a different version than the one that's on the PS3. But it's a very, right, it's a variation of the PS3 game. Right, exactly. Um, but I, when, when I say killer app, like, what is an experience you can only have on the Vita? I guess is part of what I, I would ask because I, I you know I agree with you about the Super Stardust I think it's way better than the PlayStation 3 version it's great to see you know they've iterated this thing for a while it's great to see how far it's come I haven't played it in like a year or so so it was great to jump into Super Stardust on the Vita and discover the new features and the progression and the, the new mini games and the very the modes um, but I still think of it as essentially the same Super Stardust experience just slightly better than it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, is there anything that you feel you can only get on the Vita uh, that makes it worth the, you know, I guess now $200, to, let's say 250 once you finally get a memory chip, uh, that makes it worth the expense? Well, I mean, like it's, it's not like I can point to one, you know, one game. It's not like, you know, how Nintendo leans on Mario. It's like, well, okay. if you want Mario, you have to come to us. But, you know, I find an inherent value in the format that, you know, the Vita the Vita provides. I like to be able to walk to any room in my house and, right. 
you know, sit in a comfy chair and, and, and play these games without interrupting, you know, something that's going on on the TV or play in bed or, you know, in, in that sort of thing. Fair and, and, and I, you know, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really bother me that there are similar experiences on a, on a console. Okay. I, you know, I just find an inherent value in having them in this, you know, in this really great format. I mean, I spend a lot of time, you know, like I said, you know, replaying old RPGs, just, you know, sitting with Netflix, Netflix on the TV while I'm, you know, grinding oh, yeah. at Final Fantasy 3 or something like that. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of that, <laughs> you know, I guess that two screen experience that, you know, like right. Microsoft and, and, uh, and Nintendo were trying to push it this moment in time, but so it's it's kind of you know a totality of what what the Vita offers me. You know, it's got you know really great versions of you know I've, like I've been playing the Uncharted since they added that. I've had Gravity Wrench since uh, you know since shortly after release. That's a really great kind of open world superhero game that's really beautiful. It's got amazing art and music and mm-hmm. and a really cool kind of comic book cut scenes where. You know, you tilt it around, and it kind of changes the perspective of what you're seeing a little bit. Uh, you know, they're kind of novelties that they've added for for the Vita versions, but you know, these these are great games in their own right, whatever platform they're on. Sure. And uh, you know, I, you know, in combined with you know, like I said, I can I can play. You know, this is the best version of Super Crate Box, which is a really big iOS game that they added for PlayStation <laughs> Mobile. Finally, I could play it with buttons, and I think it was funny. Like the 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 first day that that came out on on PlayStation Mobile, you know, the like the high score on iOS got obliterated by someone playing on Vita. It's like I mean, it would have to. I mean, just having a controller for a game like that is such a giant advantage. Like I do. Fu- Go ahead. Sorry. Like three hundred or something like that, and you know, I was watching a guy on Twitter. Is like you know, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, before he, before he died in that game. Is just that's that's the kind of difference that you know, having all these options, touchscreen plus controls, you know, backwards compatibility. It's you know, it's the best way to play PSP games. It's the best way to play original PlayStation games. They've the emulator is really great. You can remap wow. all. In, a, in really convenient ways. I think uh, you touch upon like a huge value add there, Brad, that uh, we haven't really talked much about, is that uh, while, yeah, it's kind of a, a bummer that a lot of stuff didn't, you know, we can't get uh, just jam a UMD in there uh, if we already own the game, there is access to a freaking huge back library of really good PSP and PS1 games. So that's that's kind of that's kind of a cool value add there. And with Plus I think you get a, like discounts on them. So Yeah, there's lots of good sales that they run through through Plus and uh, you know some of the publishers like Atlas and NXC have been really oh, yeah. hard, you know, doing one week sales on, on some of their back catalog. You know, I got like Persona 3 portable for for half price and that's an awesome one. Uh, so I do find though that uh, a lot of the like you mentioned Zen Pinball, Brad, and I love the fact that I can play Zen Pinball, uh, you know, all the tables that I have on the PS3, that, that cross-buy compatibility. You know, uh, Zen has been great about supporting that. Um, but I do find that uh, it, it's still a compromise to me. You know, to see those tables reduced to the small screen, um, to me, just feels like it, it, it's not the full experience that you get seeing it on a big screen. You know, it's not as easy to track the ball. One of the reasons that I really liked 
Zen Pinball's tables on the Nintendo 3DS is because the 3D really did a lot to make up for the fact that everything was smaller and harder to track. Uh, the 3D helped with that. Here, it still looks great, um, but it just I just feel like, you know what, I'd rather play it on a big screen where I can see things better. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's for me, a, a sort of an obstacle for a lot of games that... Uh, I think would otherwise be fantastic on the Vita. Uh, and one of them that comes to mind for me is Need for Speed Most Wanted uh, from EA. Uh, it's, a, it's a great open-world racing game that I really, really liked on the 360. Mm-hmm. It's available on the Vita as pretty much the exact same experience. It's the same city, the same cars, the same progression. You know, if it's a feature in the 360 version, it's also a feature in the Vita. They've done an amazing job just porting this AAA console experience from the living room straight into the Vita. However, I feel it is fatally compromised by the small viewing area because that game, for instance, is all about seeing something in the distance and reacting to it as it rushes up to you. Mm-hmm. And when you squish the graphics down so much, it's just so hard to suss out, okay, I've got a turn coming up here, there's a little car in the distance. It, it really compromises the experience when it gets shrunk down so much uh, for me. And I still love their, their cross-compatibility. For instance, because EA Online, you know, I've hated the fact that you have to log into their server for so long, but one of the advantages of it is, if I play Need for Speed Most Wanted on my Vita and I build up, the, the game tracks your progress with these with experience points, basically. Any experience points I earn there are also applied to the 360 and vice versa. Right. So I'd been playing the 360 version forever. As soon as I started up the PSP version, I had all that advancement available to me, and that was oh, very cool. Uh, and, and so I love that kind of cross-compatibility. Um, but I just feel like you know, it feels like such a compromise to be playing Need for Speed Most Wanted on the Vita. And and where this really comes through for me, and where I, f- I think I feel it most acutely, uh, I, I really admire what Ubisoft has done with their Assassin's Creed for the Vita. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a separate game. It's a separate world. It's a separate character, a separate story. It's uh, pretty good. It's very good, but McMaster, as I'm playing it, I can't help but think how awesome this would look on a full screen. <laughs> it just feels so compromised that they've done this great, cool standalone game, and it's squished down uh, under this little tiny viewing screen. As good as it looks, you know, because I've been playing Assassin's Creed 3 on, on my 360, I, I just can't help but look at Liberation, I think that's what it's called, yeah. on the Vita, and feel, oh my god, I wish I was getting this on, on a full screen. Uh so and, and you know what, you, Brad, you're absolutely right. The fact that I can play this while I'm watching a movie on Netflix, or I can play it instead of reading a book in bed, I can play it when I'm stuck at the airport or whatever. That's a great advantage. But I just so keenly feel what a compromise it is when a AAA game like Need for Speed Most Wanted, or especially Assassin's Creed, or when a game that benefits from having a big viewing area like like Zen Pinball, uh, I just so keenly feel the compromise that it suffers when you put it on that tiny screen. And then I think uh, the flip of that is stuff like Retro City Rampage or ah, what, yes. the Persona games, uh, for instance. Uh, a lot of platformers and stuff like that you can get away with. Now, I totally understand what you're saying. Oh, you I say look- Retro... So real quick, I just want to... Have you seen... Because I got the impression that Retro City Rampage would just be interminably tiny. Like, like it, does it does it come no. through okay on well, the Well, like, on, when it you're playing on the... Fine. 
Yeah, on the PS3 okay. version, you know, it got like kind of has those sidebars, and it's kind of a small part of the center yeah. of the screen. It does away with all that on the Vita, so you know, it's, it's, it, up, yeah. it plays fine. It's, okay, fair um, enough. Yeah. I mean, and there are other games like Sound Shapes. I think is much better on the Vita. The you know the level editor is way better on the on the Vita, and it uh-huh. and you know it's a good you know kind of headphones curled up somewhere type of experience. But you know, yeah, you know, I can't disagree with with you about you know some of the high production. Sure, the games, absolutely. you know, you know, I can, I can definitely see that. It's just one of those questions. Like I said, you know, do you find the portability inherently valuable? Right, right. And you know, some people may, and some people, some people won't. Oh. Um, and you know, and from my perspective, I'm, you know, I appreciate, you know, the way someone like Criterion has gone, you know, to such great lengths to, you know, kind of give, give us, you know, the most ambitious, right. Open world racing game possible on a on a portable system. You know, I haven't actually you know played it myself, but you know I can understand how that that might be a problem. I I, I still want to check it out because I kind of think that like open world racing style game seems perfect for like a pick up and play portable oh, yeah. experience. You know, anytime. You know, the great thing with the you know with the sleep mode on the Vita is, you know, you can leave a game running. You don't ever have to shut it down and then reload everything up. You just press one button and you're you're back exactly where you were, and you can tool around the open world or jump to one of the races. I would, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that uh, you know I was looking forward to trying. And I will say too, uh, like Zen Pinball, Need for Speed Most Wanted, those are also both available on the iOS. And as fantastic as they look on an iPad, I need buttons. Yeah. I just I cannot yeah, brook doing that racing, and and especially pinball. I loathe trying to play Zen Pinball on the iOS because I need that tactile feedback of of having my fingers resting on the button physically so that I yeah. just mash a little bit. When I'm having to hover over the touchpad, I find Zen Pinball just unplayable on it's the funny, iOS. They, they've added for both Pinball Arcade and Zen Pinball, they have a vertical mode on Vita. So if you tilt it on its edge, you and can kind of see the whole the full. You know what, Brad? Yes. Bet, but then you have to use the touch screen. To control the flippers, and it's just you, you hate that. Not only that, Brad, you you don't have to because what I do, I love that vertical orientation, and I love too that really does help as far as the readability of where the ball is because it's just straight down. I love that, but I cannot be arsed to use the touch pads, so I've done this weird convoluted thing where I hook my left hand into a claw to try to reach up without <laughs> obscuring the screen, and I'm sitting there doing the flippers using the shoulder buttons. And it used to be that on the PSP, when you did the vertical configuration, you could hold it where the uh, triangle and the X button were the left and right flipper because they were arranged by. For whatever freaking reason, Zen hasn't done that with the PS Vita versions of their tables. And I'm I'm just, I'm astonished that nobody has thought of that, that nobody has done that yet. I guess they must figure the the analog stick is kind of in the way or something like that. It is, but, you know, it's better than having to hook your hand up into a claw, or it's better than using the touchscreen. Yeah, the touchscreen is just a no-go. And you know what I love, too, about that top-down view of the tables, Brad, is how much more clearly you can see the table art. Uh, because so often that's like at a tilted perspective, but to look top down into these tables they've designed, it's just a, a great new way to do it. I mean, you can set that up on a big screen, um, but then you've got all that extra real estate on the sides, and it just feels like you're wasting so much space. Those guys should actually make some of those tables, like actual tables, and sell them. I bet people would buy them. 
I'd, crazy. I'd, if they, yeah, I'd, I'd chip in sure, some of those anti gravity tables. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there'd have to be a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, suspension of disbelief. Uh, <laughs> When looking at the table. <laughs> yeah, I, will say, I mean, one of the great things about, you know, when you buy the Zen Pinball and the Pinball Arcade tables for Vita is you're getting a PS3 version at the same time. So you're buying once and you can get it both both experiences right. if you want that. And, and you know, so you kind of have gonna... a choice for the same amount of money. Now, was... Brad, does the, uh, does the scoring, the social scoring, because uh, I normally play on the 360, does that, is that also crass? cross-compatible with the PS3 and the Vita? Like, if I'm playing on the Vita, is that a separate social scoring system than when I play on the PS3? No, I'm not sure. I think it is persistent in maybe one or the other. I think maybe Pinball Arcades It's all stored, like, server-side for for the scoring. Okay. But, I, you know, I couldn't, you know, I haven't done a A-B check on the Zen Pinball recently. But I think, like, when I when I check out Pinball Arcade on my PS3, my high score in Theater of Magic is is there, and that's from playing the the Vita. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because that might be my best hope for getting out from under the oppressive yoke of McMaster's wife's high scores. Right, that's the, that's the one one benefit is I don't have to be dispre- depressed by. <laughs> but Thanks. I'm gonna have to buy another Vita now. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, real quick, I want to, uh, in McMaster, I want to hear about Persona in a minute, but I want to naysay two more things. Uh, <laughs> Brad, what is wrong with me that I cannot stand sound shapes? <laughs> what? Know. Have you seen that? I've heard, I tried to jump ahead to the Beck album, and I just, I can't, it's like, okay, now this is just way too much intensive platforming, I'm not good enough with it yet. I just get to a point where I'm frustrated and I'm doing the same jump, and I, I, I will give any jump ten tries. Once you hit that 11th try, I think I'm done with you. So I I just – maybe I'm just not enough of an old-school platformer fan, um, but it's just not doing it for me. And we had a fellow on the podcast, Rob Simmon, who spoke very glowingly about Sound Shape, and I was so excited to try it afterwards after he talked about it. And that was part of what made me want to get a Vita. But, oh, it's just not working for me. So you think just plug away at the, the later albums? Yeah, well, I mean, if you're having you know trouble with the difficulty, you might want to – you know, take the the smooth ramp up that the that their original. <laughs> I, I understand that what you're saying is I'm not ready for them. Fair enough. Not Tom. Not Tom. But I do, th- <laughs> you know, I, I do think like the art and the music and and I everything agree. is is gorgeous. And I, you I, know, I had a lot of fun. You know, with the, you know, it's it's kind of got that super meat boy thing where if you fail, it's you're you're instantly back in it. And, right. Yeah. You know, we've even done some of the. Uh, to get all the trophies in that game, the achievements in that game, they have like a separate death mode where like every you know you have to you have to collect all the notes, but like you're bouncing between these spikes and and bounce pads, and you have to kind of like you can't hit one of them twice because then it'll it'll boost it too high into the spikes, and so you're kind of like dancing across the screen, or you know they're they're you know each you know each album's got like a different death mode version of each level and uh you know they're all deviously hard like that but it's you, you know instantly back in it instantly back in it every single time brad it sounds positively wretched <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay here's the other thing uh we also had uh rob speaking glowingly i think it was rob about uh, luminous and i loved me some luminous back on my psp but something that i forgot about luminous that I only realized when I bought it with my PSP, you know, I went ahead and bought the full thing. I wanted to play some Luminous. 
oh my god, that thing is such a grind. Like mm-hmm. Luminous is such a long drawn. I'm so it's... used to iOS games that you know you play a level for three minutes. That's great. You register, score. Do you want to do another three minutes? No, Luminous is like it just goes on forever. It's <laughs> punishing. I forgot about that. I, that's, I think, why I don't play Luminous anymore. Uh, but again, you know, like, I love the music. I love the graphics. I love, you know, the art style is beautiful, just like Sound Shapes. I'm just not sure I have it in me for that gameplay. Well, it's like, you know, there's this, there's this point in Luminous where uh, you, you can play a game long enough that you feel committed to it, and then you lose. And that just makes you angry. You know, because it's like, oh, I didn't even come near my score, but I also didn't fail immediately. So I've sunk about 30 minutes into this level, and I just want to punch myself. So, yeah, do you start over, or do you decide, F Luminous, I'm done with it forever, and that's it. And you eject the little chip, and it lives in the case from then on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, uh, real quick, I do want to say, Brad, you mentioned Super Stardust. I'm loving that. I love the advances on that. However, Brad, help me from how do I not accidentally pop off black holes all the time because my fingers brush against the, the touchpad oh, on the back. Well, what you do is you go into options and you change all those motion and touchscreen controls to buttons. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. That's what I needed to know was in there. <laughs> okay, good. Uh uh, McMaster, tell us about uh, the Call of Duty. I, I, I hear you say it does not cause cancer. Right, you know, and it's uh, and I can't confirm that because I have been feeling under the weather ever <laughs> since I started playing it. But you know, it's just like these crazy uh, reviews. Or yeah, no, I, it's not a huge game uh, on all that. I probably would be angry if I purchased it. I mean, you know, forty mm-hmm. bucks for this, but I kind of know better. Uh, but. Uh, is it 50? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I'd be mad too. Never mind. But, like, it was a pack in with my, uh, with my Vita. Uh, it's, uh, uh, the only thing that I like about it really is the hostels mode, but, uh, you would like that, Tom. It's the, uh, the, it's like single player of the, uh, horde mode. Oh. Uh, and, uh, there's, you know, there's like five levels and you can run around, you get little advances and stuff like that. And it's pretty neat. It controls okay. It's just, uh, I think people don't like the single player, which has like an hour of gameplay or something. And, uh, I, I will say I've never successfully gotten into a multiplayer match after 15 tries. What's going oh, on with uh, that? Why not? Have you patched I don't up? know. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I've been joining and then one time the map loaded. That was cool. <laughs> and nobody else was on it, uh, and then that sucked. But it, yeah, it's just like it's so weird. It kept like yeah, you load, and then all of a sudden it'll go to the back to the loading screen, or you know it'll tell you you won and you don't get any experience. I would I mean, think I like that winning, I would but. think that any game that would have an instant from the get go uh, multiplayer community, it would be Call of Duty. So. That's odd yeah. that weird technical issues? Okay. Huh. Yeah, see, and that's the problem. I mean, I guarantee you that's, like, the biggest issue. Right, it's yeah. the I mean, lowest-rated PS Vita game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really gotten hammered in the in the review scores, and it, it's, it seems like a really bad situation, I think. Well, there's for, just, like, no the content. They, yeah, I mean, they had about five months to make that game. They It's the same team that did Burning Skies for the Vita. And I think, you know, there's a lot of rumors swirling around, but it sounds like, you know, when when 
Sony first announced the Vita, you know, we had someone from Activision there announcing, oh, we're going to do a Call of Duty for this thing. And then like 18 months later, apparently they hadn't started it or whatever they had started, they had thrown away. And, you know, Sony was kind of in this position where they were like, well, we really need this in time for Christmas. So they took the team that, you know, had just finished up Burning Skies this spring and were like, we need you to turn around a, a Call of Duty game for us now. And, you know, that's what they did. And it's, I think that's really the reason why it's so content I mean, poor. The multiplayer is absolutely broken, as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah. But that's, and that's, that's kind of a burn. They should have just, you know, you know, forgotten about single player, you know, maybe have like some bot modes or the, you know, hostile modes like you talk about that, you know, and just market it as a $30 multiplayer only game and and it could have been okay but uh oh no yeah i didn't know it was 50 bucks there's no you know there's no 10 hour campaign like we're used to on the other versions and like an hour yeah um but the hostels mode uh hey it's kind of a pared down version i mean you don't really get to go buy airstrikes it, it like they drop random stuff like you get mortars and stuff like that but uh it's still you're fighting against bots uh you know in a small map it's it's pretty all right, you know it's like I said. I, I don't think it gave me cancer. I think it just gave me a cold. So, I mean. <laughs> well, as far as the just run around and shoot dudes gameplay, what is the competition on the Vita? Um, I don't know. Uh, honestly, uh, I guess resistance. There's yeah, always there's a that resistance. resistance game. That was that's the other kind of first person shooter. But then you have the Uncharted game. You have uh, a oh, game that Z- the Zipper Interactive's last game, Unit Thirteen. Which is actually oh, think, that's Zipper, yeah, right. I think they, that game's probably a lot better than its reputation too, because it had the kind of a similar review reaction, where instead of you know having a traditional story-based campaign, I think they thought, well, this is going to be like a you know a portable game, so we'll do like these kind of like challenge mode where each level is you know like five or ten minutes long, and you're it's kind of a score attack thing, but you know people. Oh, are don't tell Tom. Yeah. <laughs> People oh, were expecting, you know, like a real story and didn't get it and were mad. So, so let's see, score attack. Will that fit on my four gigabyte memory chip? Unit uh, thirteen should, I would. Yeah, think it's, it's I believe a it should. Standard All right. game. Yeah, unit thirteen, Tom. It totally has score attack modes in it. It's gonna get like an instant Tom ninety seven. <laughs> and I, you know, I played the demo through a couple times. It was. You know the shooting; it looks great, and the shooting is really good. So, that, that you know that's a that's one to check out. I think. All right, I'm down for that. Uh, McMaster, you said you haven't, even though it's part of your uh, PlayStation Plus bundle. Uh, you have not tried the new Wipeout yet. So, Brad, it falls to you. Uh, what is Wipeout like on the Vita? Uh, it's it's pretty good. You know, it's it's gorgeous. You know, it's got that tried and true wipeout gameplay as far as I can tell, you know, I've never been a hardcore wipeout guy. And doesn't it also, if you have Wipeout HD and Wipeout HD Fury on the PS3, doesn't it give you that content on the Vita as well? Yeah, there's some some cross buy stuff with the and cross you, know, you can even like play multiplayer against PS3 owners yeah. Uh, yeah. using those those particular maps. But I think 
I think that's you know different from the base levels that I have. Right. Uh, well, I, I would, you know, compared to Most Wanted, where you're dodging little tiny lights in the distance, it seems to me like Wipeout would be much better suited to what the Vita can do. And specifically, I say that because on the PSP, there was a Wipeout, uh, I forgot what it was called, but the last Wipeout on the PSP was great. It was fantastic. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to try that. Uh, Wipeout yeah, 48, I believe. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a few games that I'm really excited about but uh i want to try the hot shots golf game but i uh, that'll wait yeah they're just they just dropped the price on that today it's now 17.99 oh sweet jesus um <laughs> then, uh, so that, that's you know, a good candidate to get added to the yeah to the plus, so you might hold out for that um i'd like to check out uh street fighter cross tech and an ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 as well yeah, I mean the the fighting games, you know, all the ones that are released, the Blaze Blue, the the Mortal yeah, Kombat, those, those are all supposed to be pretty good versions of those games. So well, and don't forget about uh, Super Smash Brothers All Stars, PlayStation, right? right. Uh, also, uh, you know, you buy that on the PS3. There's some sort of cross compatibility with the uh, the Vita. Yeah, it includes the Vita version if you get the PS3 version. Yeah. Uh, all right, so McMaster, sell us on Persona Four. I've spent oh, I don't know three, four hours, whatever. I've been watching Persona 4 for quite some time. It won't let me play. Uh, when when do I get to play Persona 4, and what can I expect? Because I did, I did my term of service with Persona 3. I watched the, whatever, eight hours of movies, and then I got into the little dungeon crawl part. Uh, <laughs> when do I get to play Persona 4? Uh, you know, I sent it. That's, well, that's funny. Yeah, I know, I know what you're doing here. I... I I, I sent Tom emails at different time points where I got to play the game in Persona 4 just to prepare him for what was <laughs> going to happen. They were sort of little brief emails like, uh, okay, two hours, I uh, got to I got to control a character. Okay, yeah. three three hours, I got to spin a skip. Four hours, I'm in. <laughs> like it was that kind of thing. Well, like I, I think it might be today. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd uh, I'd played the PS3 or PS2 version, and I'm quite a fan, so I kind of knew what to expect. But uh, God, it's it's always huge atmosphere with any uh, Shin Megami uh, Tensei games. Uh, so of course they have to have this huge setup. But in Persona 4, <laughs> you don't really get to fully go crazy yeah, until about three and a half, four hours. Um, at about what two two and a half hours, you you get to like actually go and fight stuff. I think though. Oh, I got uh, to fight. I got to press. I got to select attack from the menu. I did that thing. Yeah. And then, and that's just to whet your appetite because an hour and a half later, you're gonna get to go crazy. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't it, know about that's the Yosuke boss, right? That's where like Yosuke is facing him, himself in the TV right. world. and Yeah, oh boy, that's a full battle. Then I got to attack, I got to select uh, like the Zeo, the little electricity power, to weaken right. him so I could immediately afterwards select attack. So that was going crazy. That was some serious gameplay. So I, I did that. Okay, go on. Then, then what? Well, uh, once you do that, you unlock uh, Yosuke as uh, your friend and sidekick, and he has his own persona. So right. I got a little that. bit right. after that, 
Okay. Uh, another character disappears, and you end up trying to help to save them by another character in the game that you would have met at this point, Chie. Right. And uh, she gets her own persona as well. Via, I, I could see that coming down Fifth yeah. Avenue, Master. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she has to fight it like uh, you know. You get the you get dual kind of combat tactics at that point. Once mm-hmm. you do, then once you beat her, you get the triple con you know kind of tactic thing, and then uh, the final once you beat that next air. Area actually, once you beat her, you're in control, and then you're fighting through standard persona stuff. Uh, You go into this cloud dream world, and depending on what person has been thrown in there, it creates different uh, realms for you to fight in. And you'll like that part, Tom, specifically because it's one of those things where it encourages you to go back through it over and over again to try to get better stuff and to mm-hmm. build your character up, try yep. to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But unlike, in, you know, I mean, I know you did Persona Three. Persona Three is just like one giant freaking tower, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, uh, up where the high school is. Well, this one is like, it's not like that. It's a bunch of different levels. It's kind of the same concept, but it's a bunch of different themed levels, basically. Um, and for instance, once I beat the one level, another shadow has popped up in the same place, and it encourages you to get you know stronger and go back through there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, now, here's what bothers me, though, is that all of this, I, I don't mind putting in the time if I feel like a good story is being told or my time is being used well, but I just feel, and this is kind of a problem with a lot of JRPGs, and, and Brad, I know you go way back with like the Final Fantasy games, so this is right. like something that's in your wheelhouse, but I just feel like the storytelling in JRPGs has so much air in it. Uh, and, and it's typified by the fact that, and this is stereotypical, that sometimes the dialogue literally consists of ellipses. You know, there, there's no economic, the, the, the economy of storytelling is just not there in a JRPG. It's just so much padding and, and pointless, you know, choosing between saying either, you, you know, somebody asks you a question and you have three responses. You can either say, okay, all right, or ellipses. What is the difference <laughs> between those three things? Nothing. I don't know what I'm getting. I don't know why I'm making these choices. So I just well, find that so aggravating, and it just—it's it, just such a slog. And I'm—I'm I'm concerned that you know, even when you get to the gameplay, the storytelling just has so much of that air in it. Uh, well, you know, I have a good comparison for the Persona games. I, well, I don't know if it's a good comparison, but it's a comparison. Nonetheless, uh, you know how uh, you were interested in Catherine, but the gameplay created right. this problem for you. Yep. Well, yep. Persona is kind of like Catherine without the gameplay issues to me. Sure. You just have to kind of get through that first part, and then you get to play, you know, something where you smash monsters with sticks, <laughs> and then you get a shinier stick. But on top of that, you, you I, one thing I'm really fond of in the game is like the uh, relationship and side job stuff that builds your character statistics that you know increases right. what you can do in the game. Uh, and on top of that, there's so much less teen suicide in this one than Persona 3. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's already a plus, you know. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, but no, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and that's the thing. It's it's because of the Japanese culture of, you know, being extremely uh, correct and uh, trying to keep to a specific kind of social ranking system. 
That, See, I, I don't mind that. I just, it's like, I'm fascinated with that stuff and, and with how the relationships develop into the personas. Like, I'm fine with that. And that's gameplay for me. And that's, that's tying gameplay to story. But it just takes so long to get to that. You know what? It, it, McMaster, I would just say it's a pacing issue for me. Sure. Uh, I, uh, I want to play it. And it's just, you know, this time of year when there's so many things out, so many things I want to look at, I just have so, I, I have so much less patience for that pacing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to think what I'm balancing it with is Call of Duty Black Ops 2. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yes, my Japanese high school social simulator and my murder simulator balanced me out as a human. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> but now it's it's one of those things where, uh, it, yeah, it, it drags on forever. And the first time I tried a Persona game, I was like, oh, my God, really? And then, like, after a few hours, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope he's okay. You know, it, it was just, it, yeah. <laughs> It's, so, Brad, as a Final Fantasy fanboy, because that's 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 your bag. Uh, where, where are you with the Persona games? Uh, well, I've been I've been playing the Persona Three Portable on my Vita, and I do plan on buying Persona Four. I I only said it wasn't my game of the week uh, because I haven't played it yet. I've got uh, like twenty dollars in my PSN wallet, waiting to go for the next time I I have a little cash and I can I can put you know put myself over the top and and actually buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I you know, I can really, really enjoy those kind of, <laughs> you know, perversely enjoy the this kind of social simulator aspects of those games, and you know, making making these friendships and hanging out and and uh, going to the mall and that that kind of stuff is is kind of speaks to me in a weird way. Uh, but I, you know, I understand what your you know your criticisms of kind of like JRPGs writ large in. In this era, there, you know, there was a time when they were, you know, much tighter. Back when, you know, on this eight-bit and sixteen-bit systems, they only had so much room ah. for for text, and and so, you know, it's funny. It's funny because that's where kind of I think that ellipses stuff originated. Was, you know, just for economy, they they would, you know, have a you know express a character's kind of disillusionment or or surprise or something like that with with these you know non-statements but it, it's kind of grown into this trope where where you know it's just so bloated i think once once cd roms came around and and all these guys realized they had basically unlimited space to put their stories in they they couldn't help themselves anymore. They were just so used to the ellipses, yeah. You should just, like, record a sound effect for it, like, huh? And then, like, every time uh, you see one of those, just hit that sound effect button. It would help. So there's a comic that does a routine, and God, God help me, this might be Rob Schneider, uh, where he talks about all of the different meanings of the word dude. And how it can be used in any different situation. And part of his routine is he gives examples. I think of the ellipses as the same thing. The ellipses can be grief, surprise, anger, happiness. I mean, the ellipses are kind of a catch-all. You have to sort of look at what the little icon is over the little anime figure's head. Like if well, it's, I, I if it's like who, raindrops and stuff, yeah. Right, that's sadness, yeah. I had a, I had a friend uh, in college, and when we would play games together, she any time... You know, what one of those ellipses came up. She wish she would pronounce it as ellipses, like in the dialogue, as if that's what the person had said. Right. That's what I like to say sometimes. But. <laughs> uh, so here's another weird sticking point for me on Persona 4. Uh, so because your character is uh, – he's not mute because he will say things. You just never oh, hear yeah. it. Uh, but – 
for all intents and purposes, as far as the the vocal design of the game, he's a, a mute protagonist. Uh, so it falls to the the main male lead in the game is uh, Yosuke. Uh, now, my problem with Yosuke is the voice actor for Yosuke is actually a friend of mine named Yuri <laughs> Lowenthal, who does a lot of voice acting in anime and video games. I know Yuri very well. I know what he looks like. So when I hear Yosuke talking, I am not seeing that goofball character. I'm seeing my friend Yuri who doesn't look anything like that, who doesn't act anything like that. You know, Yosuke's kind of a clown. He wets his, or he doesn't quite wet his pants, but there's this joke about him peeing his pants early on. Uh, yeah. So it's really weird for me as a guy who knows well the voice actor to, to complete, to hear his voice and to recognize it so much. So that's my own weird thing. It's a pretty niche problem to have with a game. Uh, that is, yeah. I don't think that bothers many people. I, I won't. I don't imagine you see that brought up in many reviews. Well, you know what? That was a problem for me with that Sony commercial, too. I'm sure it was much worse for you, but the Sony bartender was Casper. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> when, when you know actors, uh, it's a cross that you have to bear, yes. <laughs> for, for Justin or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, let's see. What have, are there any games on the Vita that we have uh, left off? Anything that we're missing? Uh, I guess like the Little Big Planet that came out. Ah, yes. It is supposed to be very good. Perhaps okay. you know the best Little Big Planet game that's that's come out so far. And it sounds, Brad, like you don't know this firsthand. No, I haven't. I haven't played that one. But okay. I, you know, I've tried the demo, and it's you know it's predictably gorgeous and charming in a, in that Little Big Planet way. But I haven't played the full game yet. Uh, yeah, I never got into those games. I know the God, they were so huge, but so boring to me for some reason. I just uh, uh, all right, so uh, that does not leave us much time for news and games of the week. So let's <laughs> let's just very briefly go around the table. Uh, so my news of the week was going to be the Wii uh, U not selling as many copies as the Wii this time last year, and way selling about half as many not copies, but. Uh, I don't call it a copy. Yeah, yeah, units. Thank you, Brad. Uh, And selling about half as many units as the Xbox 360 over the same period. Yeah. Um, So commercially, it looks like the Wii U not necessarily catching on fire, which should be a surprise to no one. Uh, That was going to be my news of the week. Uh, uh, What did you have for us, Brad Grenz? I was actually going to talk about they kind of just today revealed this new weird Wii Mini for $99 that's only available in Canada. Uh, it's this kind of it looks it kind of looks like a, a black and orange doorstop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, the interesting thing is it has well for one it doesn't have GameCube compatibility. I took that out of the regular Wii's a while ago. But the other thing is it doesn't have you know it has no Wi-Fi built in, so there's no internet support for it whatsoever. Which means you oh. can't use it for eShop, you can't nice. use it for Netflix, you can't use it for Hulu, which is kind of a missed opportunity when they could have been, you know, kind of been going head to head with like Apple TV and Roku for, for the you know for that kind of uh, device. But uh, I thought that was you know actually kind of a kind of a change for Nintendo because they you know traditionally Sony's been the one where they introduce their new console and then they introduce like the the minified older version and they sell them concurrently and uh, Nintendo is usually kind of transitioned kind of immediately as soon as they have a new system out they kind of ignore the old system but uh, they've been selling so many DS's I guess since the 3DS came out they decided well we might as well keep selling these these Wii's I mean you know it's the price that the GameCube was when the Wii came out 
and it's basically the same exact chipset, so they're, they're going to make money on each one of these they sell. All right, so Canada is the guinea pig for the new Wii Mini. Yeah, you have to imagine that it'll, it'll come everywhere eventually, but you know, it was just for Canada today. Canadians, let us know how that's going for you. Uh, McMaster, what is your what would your news of the week have been? It was um, kind of a kind of a weird one. Uh, there's a computer called the Raspberry Pi, costs thirty five dollars uh, that you can purchase, uh, and Minecraft is now supported on it. Yeah, well, maybe that'll sell some Raspberry Pis. I've never even heard of what a Raspberry Pi is, McMaster. So, <laughs> <laughs> Raspberry and then Pi like the number. Uh, it's, uh, it's or like the life, a, right? Sure. Uh, um, it's, a, but yeah, it's a, it's built to you know kind of be an educational computer, help children learn how to program, et cetera, et cetera. And now help children play Minecraft. Exactly. I, the, the Minecraft version that they're making for it is free as well. Is that true? Um, maybe I know it's the uh, it's kind of a pared down version. It's kind of like the same. It's, it's probably you know based on the Android version or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the iOS or whatever they they've done. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's based on that. But uh, yeah, no, I thought it was pretty cool. They're supporting every platform ever announced, basically. So games of the week, briefly, uh, Brad Grins, What would you have chosen as your game of the week? Uh, I've actually been playing some uh, Asura's Wrath on my PS3. It's a Capcom game that came out. No, Brad, Brad, game of the week, not anime of the week. <laughs> right. <laughs> See what, what I did there? What I was going to talk about is it is, you know, it's 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 really stylized and organized in basically episodes. It's got commercial bumpers as if there was a, you know, in, in for each chapter's act break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's got a really beautiful visual sense and you know despite all the you know kind of the the way that the the QTE elements are are disparaged in that game I actually think they're incredibly well designed and and kind of really draw me in when I'm playing it it's one of those things where the 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 beat 'em up character action stuff is kind of a sideline to these big moments with these really well designed QTEs where you know when you're you're planting your legs you're you're pressing down with both sticks as if they were your legs and and you get in these kind of like struggles of will or strength with a, you know with a planet sized enemy and you're hammering on one of the buttons trying to fill your meter and he's fighting back so if you don't do it fast enough it shrinks and you have to fill the meter all the way until you can pull the right trigger and and burst with anger to do something insane and glorious and beautiful and it's you know it's it, you know it's, you know instead of like taking you out of the game like you know some random quick time event in most games where they just you know have you do a sequence of you know innocuous button presses that don't mean anything and don't correspond to anything they you know the 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 ones in this game are actually really well designed and 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 really kind of like uh, you know, getting that kind of heart pounding state, like the you know, like you know, exactly like they want you to be when you're when you're playing. Brad, it sounds exhausting. <laughs> it's really exhilarating, and I think it's kind of unfortunate. You know, I read a lot of reviews when it came out. People were like, I you know, I had so much fun. This was kind of glorious and beautiful, and uh, you know, intense. But you know, I'm not sure it counts as a game because. It's mostly QTE, so I have to you know dock it forty percent of the score 
because I'm, I'm too worried about what you know what the definition of a game is. Right. And and I did you know I did play some of it, and I the thing is like anime kind of bounces off of me, so I'm definitely not the target audience for it. Uh, but I, I admire that approach. I mean, you know, if they've got a solid story they want to tell, and they certainly have the production value. Who am I to say that it needs to have, uh, you know, that the fighting sequences, because they're in there, that they need to be harder or more challenging or deeper? You know, if your your primary uh, expression is your story, you know, God help you. I mean, go ahead and do it that that way. I, I... Funny because you know everyone is going crazy over the Walking Dead episodes. Well, you know, and I've played some of that too. And the, the Walking Dead adventure game that the Telltale is doing is really amazing. But if you know if you want to break it down the same way, does this count as a game where all you're doing is you know making dialogue choices basically for mm-hmm. most of the game, and then occasionally you kind of like try and line up your cursor over a zombie to kill him? You know how is how is that any more? You know how is that more gameplay than what's in Asura's Wrath? Where you know I would I would guess Brad that the the psychological thing going on there is that people look at the branching structure of the Walking Dead thing and they think ah that's a game you know that's a gameplay. Thing that makes it where it's not someone just telling me a linear story. And by the way, I agree with you. I think that's a perfectly valid point. But I think that that they get by having a branching branching options that gives them a pass that Asura's Wrath might not have gotten. Uh, um, I also think cost comes into it because Asura's Wrath didn't it launch at sixty bucks. Uh, yeah, I would think it was a sixty dollars game. I would think that would probably count quite a bit into it as well because you know walking dead's what 30 20 bucks yeah but there was a time mcmaster with this things like walking dead i mean walking dead is just an adventure game and i don't mean that oh sure great but you know i agree (laughs) adventure games used to be full price it's just the fact that it's a pc game uh and that it's also when you look at the entirety of walking dead altogether because it's episodic wouldn't you end up playing paying well in excess of 60 bucks for it no, you, no, if you bought the package, so, yeah. so it's twenty five dollars for the total, and they yes. on all it. episodes of Walking Dead. Oh, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Is twenty five bucks <laughs> for the entire game versus sixty bucks for the entire? Oh, okay. Well, in that case, point well taken, McMaster. Good. Well, yeah, no, that's. I think that's an issue it had. I didn't pay sixty dollars for Sirius Wrath either. Yeah, I can't imagine you. You, you, well, you, no. you know, it's New Egg for like seventeen dollars. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be able to find any place that's selling that for sixty bucks. I would think. Uh, well, right. And now I, I mean, hell, I might pick it up. But like, you know, the idea, I guess, it launches. That's probably where a lot of the negative reviews came from. Uh, and and real quick, Brad, didn't Capcom? I could be. I, I might be like passing along some unfair statement made about Asura's Wrath, but I seem to recall hearing something about Capcom selling the ending as DLC or, or some traditional Capcom DLC yeah, shenanigans. There, I do understand there's some like DLC that some extra episodes, I guess, that are added to the end that people consider the real ending. Okay, uh, but you know, I haven't I haven't finished the game, so I don't know how. Okay dissatisfied would be but you know at this point you know with with my current investment i wouldn't feel that bad about putting another five or six dollars into it all right mcmaster what would your game of the week have been uh persona four golden oh good well we covered all right Uh, okay my game of the week uh was not my game of the week uh you guys covered uh my shift last week but the week before my game of the week was not Zombie U. It is, however, my game of the week this week. Not necessarily because I like it. I think as a single-player game, it does some cool things. It's ultimately a little too empty. I don't. 
I don't I don't think it's a place that worth exploring. It does some cool things with when you die, you get a new character. As you play, you're unlocking new ways to get around the world. It's very Dark Souls in that regard. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't feel uh, just the level design and the variety of gameplay just really isn't there. I, I, the loading times, by the way, just drive me crazy. It, <laughs> it sort of kills the single player for me. But what I discovered with Zombie U and why I think it's going to be a fixture at my house for quite some time is the multiplayer. Now, the multiplayer takes great advantage of the little uh, the Wii U uh uh, gamepad thing with the touch screen and the way it works is you don't go online and shoot each other or you don't go online and play a horde mode against zombies there's nothing online in the multiplayer for zombie U. what there is instead is local multiplayer where one person is using you can do the wiimote and the nunchuck if if you're really desperate but for the most part you want someone to have a classic controller one person is using that to play a first person zombie killing game the other person is what we call Zombie God, and he's looking down on the map from above, and he is dropping zombies on the map using the touchpad. And he can see where the other player is, and it's, it's Zombie God against Survivor. And he can't drop zombies right on top of him. There's a little exclusion zone around the character, but he can drop them a distance from him. And he can drop them in front of him, behind him. He can put them across the map. So he's seeding the map with zombies. He can only have so many out at a time. And he's got, like, zombie juice that he has to spend, uh, where better zombies who will track the player cost more. If you just want to put down a little stationary zombie, he'll wait for the player to come to him. That costs less. Um, as you play you gain sort of experience points. And Zombie God unlocks new kinds of zombies, like zombies that, that run faster, zombies that have bombs strapped to them, uh, zombies that are armored. I hate those things, by the way. Uh, you eventually get uh, upgrades to your resources or to zombie damage. Um, so what it is, it's, a, it's an asymmetrical multiplayer game where one person is creating the zombies on the map and the other guy is trying to stay alive. Now, you can do this as a deathmatch, where it's all about this, the number of zombies the survivor kills, and that's your score, and then you can switch places, and whoever gets the most point wins. Uh, wins. That's like a basic deathmatch. But what, where it really comes into its own, and where I've really decided I like Zombie U just for this feature, is a capture-the-flag mode, where there are three flags on the map, and the survivor... He captures him fairly quickly, but he's only capturing if he clears out the zombies around him. Whereas the zombie god person has to keep the survivor busy, but he also has to spend a fair number of his points buying these expensive zombies who can capture flags. So it's all about this little tactical, it's almost like an RTS. Like, where do you spend your resources as the zombie god versus the zombie survivor? You know, are you going to focus on keeping the zombies from capturing flags? Are you going to park on one flag and try to capture it? Are you going to run around the map and pick up power-ups? Um, I am really taken with what they have done for multiplayer because there's really nothing like it. It's a unique experience, uh, and even though I don't care for the single player in Zombie U, I will definitely, this is a game that will be in heavy rotation for me and my friends simply because this multiplayer is, is so cool and distinct. So that is now my game of the week, Zombie U. Has either of you tried it, Brad? Have you, have you no, I've not, I've not gotten hands-on with uh, Wii U yet. Okay. Uh, McMaster, we need you to be the survivor. We're just going to drop zombies in there. Uh, you only get a pistol. 
that's fine. That's all I need. <laughs> it's definitely the sort of thing, though, where I find that because I've had the most time playing the single-player game, when my friends come over, uh, it's all about let's see whether or not we can kill Tom. Uh, because it's pretty <laughs> easy to kill every him. game. That's especially this game, though, and I'm ready to take on all comers. Like uh, I've I've gotten fairly good at it, so it's all about I want to take a turn trying to kill Tom. Uh, that's so. my own meta game for playing pinball FX. It's every table. Can I can I beat Tom's score? Uh, you know what? Uh, you, I know the answer to that. Well, Brad, you look close on your tail. I mean, because I will be, uh, I think I'll be spending some time with the, the Vita. I don't know that I've unseated you on any of the tables yet, but it will come, my friend. It will come. Uh, have you played the Civil War table yet, by the way? No, I haven't yet. I haven't picked that one up. Oh, look, who has the, the high score then? No. Oh. <laughs> so I know on at least one table, Brad, I have beaten your, <laughs> I have above, I'm ahead of you because you're not even on the scoring yet. So... All right, well, there we go. So uh, that was our uh, Vita episode. Brad, thank you so much for uh, joining us for that. Yeah. You you have been I, – I sort of watched your little activity on the Vita, and that's been sort of a guide for me to try things. And uh, and certainly it's I, it's going to take me a while, but I do plan on knocking down some of your Super Stardust score. <laughs> so you know. uh, I have to start defending more. Yep. Uh, all right, so uh, those of you listening, thank you for joining us. Next week we will have uh, – oh, no, we don't know who we will have next week yet, uh, but we will have Jason McMaster and me. Uh, oh. So join us for that, uh, and we will see everyone here next week. Bye.